What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Marketing Podcast. Today on the show, we're sitting with the VP of Marketing and Product Marketing at Link, Nisha Bagapali. We have a great conversation about how to approach product marketing, product thinking, how do we communicate what our product does for customers? Also, how do we hear from customers on how they're using the product, problem cases? How can we build that into future messaging and into future product builds? So really a great conversation if you're in the product world, product marketing, or if you just want to think about your customer's experience and how your product can better suit their lives and better help them out. Uh, So this one's going to be for you. All right. But before we do that, as always, guys, we put on this show here at Cave Social. We are a marketing agency that can help companies grow through social media. So if you're feeling stuck, you need help creating content organically, running paid ads. Maybe you're just fed up with your current agency. Maybe you're like, hey, I need some new eyes on this. I need some new blood in behind my campaign. Okay. Head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to hear you out, hear what you're doing, and maybe help you with future campaigns. So head to cavesocial.com, hit the contact us, and we'll go from there. All right. Now that's over. Let's sit back and get in this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, we are welcoming Nisha Pagapali to the show. She is the SVP of Marketing and Product Marketing at Link. Nisha, how you doing? Hey there. I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing great. I'm excited to talk all things marketing, but more so product marketing, building out an organizational framework, some of the things we talked about before we hit record. But before we do that, walk us through how you got into this world of marketing and then found your way to link. Absolutely. So I found marketing by accident. Um, I was very young at a startup and had a fantastic mentor at that point at a startup, I was jack of all trades. So answering phone calls and sending out emails. um, And what I really started to dig into was just essentially sales enablement, which is, you know, the fancy buzzword for just saying building PowerPoint decks and talking with sales reps and making sure that they're well equipped for their calls. And the mentor at the time said, did you know that this is actually a job, a role? This is a job. It falls into something called product marketing. And at that time I said, no, and I Googled it and lo and behold, it was an actual role. And so through my own research, I just sort of stumbled into it and luckily had the chance to grow at that startup. Now, look, you've got crawled, walk, run, you're getting into it career-wise, which I feel like you know we all are. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this. And I think product marketing is fascinating. And I want to know how you see its functionality for growth and to meeting business goals in an organization. Say you're going to start an organization or you are being brought in to counsel them. Like, walk me through the importance of product marketing and, yeah, and the significance that you think it can have on overall business goals. Yeah, absolutely. And such a great question, too. So, the, you know, product marketers, we come from that essential foundation of knowing who the mark, you know, who essentially the market is, who's in that market that we're trying to target, and what specifically, what kind of messaging that specific audience needs in order to take an action. And so that's the foundational groundwork for any marketing plan. That's where when you're building out a marketing plan, that's what it should stem from, right? Um, So product marketing owns 
those main themes that feeds out into the rest of your marketing plan. From a company perspective, you know, very early on in my career, when people used to ask me, what is it that you do? And product marketing is actually a very new age role. It doesn't stem back, but the past, I'd say 10 years. And that's because in the software market, organizations basically realized that you've got product, you've got marketing, you've got development and support and sales, and you've got these great teams, but there's nobody that's really sitting in the center of all of that, that's helping to translate information back and forth. And when folks used to ask me what it is I did, I said I, I was a translator because I am taking what's out in the marketplace and what's coming to me from sales and I'm translating it to product to make sure that they're building the right product set of products for our audience. And then once product builds the right set of products, I'm taking that knowledge and I'm shooting it back to the marketplace to make sure that they understand the value, that they understand why we built this product and why it's purpose-built for them. And then vice versa, right? Because when feedback comes from customer support, I'm taking that info and I'm helping digest it for the internal team so that it's useful because most of the time, you know, in an organization, there is so much noise that happens on a daily basis. There's feedback that happens from customers. There's feedback that happens from sales. And so to be able, and I, this is my number one tip um, that I often give folks that the number one thing to be able to be successful as a product marketer is to keep your head above all of that noise and be able to translate. This is where the translator role comes into play. Be able to translate those requirements to the right audience. It's so, it's spot on, right? The way I see product marketers is like, like two parts. It's like one part glue and making sure that product management and then the marketing comms team is like, hey, we're speaking the same thing and we understand what feature we need to like lean into and talk about. And then also taking that feedback. But then also the other part conductor to be like, okay, we need to take this message and we need to take that. We're not going to even, that's noise. That's a signal. Like being able to differentiate that from the market. Um, I love that. Yeah, because it's one of the things we've seen, and this was super, I guess, like, I don't want to say popular, but widespread in like 2015, 2016 was over-engineering products. Hey, I'm going to make a new, I need to make a new feature because we, I read the lean startup and they said, listen to your customer and then make the adjustment. And it's like, no, we need to hear the customer. We need to hear everything, but we need to act on some of our bigger data points. Like what does the customer actually need? What are the three or four you know, parts of this service or this product? How do you weigh that from like, I guess two parts, playing that like signals versus noise, right? At what point is it like, okay, that's a one-off like concern or use case that we can't really build into the product, nor are we going to put that in messaging because it's just such a one-off thing versus like, does it hit a certain point of feedback where you're like, okay, this is something that we need to like explain how our product helps. Like walk me through kind of that thought process. I know there's probably not a one size fits all approach, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I distill it down, right, is that there are market requirements that come from the market. And that is exactly what you're talking about. Um, that is feedback straight from the customer, straight from competitors, from prospects that say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z. And so what often happens is two things. One is we are just human nature, right? We're geared towards solutioning things. 
the minute that we hear a problem, we instantly want to solve that problem. And it's just human nature. We just want to do it. That happens frequently. And so I think just as a good practice, right, and this is something that product uh, managers follow quite a bit and are accustomed to, is just framing things as problem statements. That way we are exactly translating what the problem is rather than coming to our internal stakeholders with a solution to say they need this button. This is the button that they need rather than, you know, it seems like the problem that they're having is X, Y, and Z. And there are, you know, they're trying to solve for this problem. That's kind of, I think that's key. And then the second one that you brought up of, as far as, you know, of getting a ton of feedback and not knowing how to prioritize or, or maybe, you know, oftentimes I think especially if you are a young company, and I've been a culprit of this too, right? You want to do all the things. You're often trying to be, you know, the Amazon of everything and we're not all Amazon. And so having a, some sort of scoring mechanism or a rubric that tells you, you know, and it's really helpful when you frame it as a problem, right? Because then you can go back and say, okay, well, this problem has come up three times in the past quarter. Now you have prioritization within your market requirements as a product marketer to say, okay, well, if sales has brought this back to me three or four times, it seems like this is of importance. And now as a company, you decide the threshold because it's going to be different at every single organization. So you decide when is that tipping point in which I take it to product? And then that becomes then, you know, you have to work with your product teams to say it's turned from a market requirement to now how do I process it into a product requirement? And how do we get this on the roadmap? And so that becomes kind of that exchange or that handoff process. Yeah, two things really interesting there. One I want to touch on is you said like, and I see this too, companies wanting to be the Amazon, right? Of everything, like we'll solve everything. And people forget that Amazon started highly focused on books. It's like now they're everything. They earned the right to be everything to all people, but really they're an online bookstore. And it's like, okay, if we boil it, we peel it back 20 years, it's like, oh, okay, they were really good at books. You couldn't buy shoes on Amazon 20 years ago. So like one, I think it's important for people to be like, what do you do for the consumer and do it awesome and earn the right to diversify your offering. And then two, thinking about the custom, like product marketing and product and thinking about the customer experience. And to me, it brought forward what I think is like the greatest product marketing slash user experience thing that I've seen in my life. And I'm sure there's stuff with tech, but it's subtle. And I say this to the listener to think about this. When Apple started sending out their products fully charged because they knew the whole battery sold separate, broke the customer experience on Christmas morning. We all were kids. You open up a toy and it's like batteries sold separate. And it's such a simple problem. And I, But I love that when they said like it's fully charged and then they marketed that, that it's out of the case ready to use. And that to me is understanding the consumer's like journey with the whole thing from unboxing to like wanting to open and use it. But I think that's one that everyone listening can probably be like, oh crap, I never thought of that. Like, yeah, these products are fully charged now. Absolutely. And so I'm going to touch on um, your last point first, because it's so top of mind, right? So taking it one step further and, you know, it's hard. And I, I always try to avoid using Apple as an example, because 
first of all, it's hard to strive to that sort of perfection. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but Apple also does a great job of just, you know, onboarding. So I'm going to use their, it's almost like a QR code, I think, but, you know, syncing the devices across the board. And so if I get a new Apple Watch, um, I can use my Apple phone to sync it to my Apple Watch. And so it instantly connects all my data at the same time. And so that part of the experience is amazing. And you're right that I think most people don't think about it unless you're in the profession. And I think the best part about customer journey mapping in general is really trying to define those aha moments or those moments across that life cycle that you can make significant impact. And sometimes through that process, through that journey mapping process, you'll find that it's the smallest things. To you, it's the battery, right? The fact that you you just get a phone that is fully charged And oftentimes it is those small things. It's the fact that, you know, somebody picked up a phone rather than sent an email or that it was a thank you note at the bottom of kind of a a standardized billing email that went out. So that I think has been a great outcome of those sessions. And then another great benefit is just the the cross-functionality of the process. The fact that you are talking about the customer across the organization and everybody, all the stakeholders are there with that common theme of how do we improve that customer's experience and service? Because we're all customer service organizations. That's probably my favorite quote. Zappos is another big company that I love to quote. And um, I think they often tell folks, you know, rather than being a shoe company, when they say, you know, who, who are you guys? They say, we're a customer, we're a customer service company. We all are. Yeah, I love that, right? And like, to your point, it's like, it's, to me, I think it's just a way of changing our thinking. We had someone on your own, a small chain of restaurants, and they realized that the customer experience started once you pulled into the parking lot, not once you opened the door and changing the parking spaces to angle to be angled, easier to park. So when a mom comes in with three kids going crazy in the back, she doesn't have to stress about parking in a harder parking lot. It's now a less stressful park with the angled parking spot so she could have a more enjoyable dining experience. And I'm like, that type of thinking, I think, can be applied from tech to brick and mortar to like just everything. And it's really way as marketers, no matter what part of the organization you're in, whether you're in product or you're on content or you're maybe you're in product management and you're listening to this podcast, but like just thinking about the whole customer experience and how best do we help them, right? And if that seeing things through that lens, I think can just like, you can have those aha moments within your organization so frequently. Absolutely. And Jordan, I think the other thing that we often miss, right, in this in this customer service sort of in the, in the same vein is the internal stakeholders are our customers as well, right? As a marketing professional, my customer is sales and product, my specific customers. And so I, at the end of the day, am continuously thinking about how can I make this experience better for them so that every single time a sales rep has an event that comes, you know, that comes up or if product is launching a, a specific feature, how do I make this experience as seamless as possible? What can I do from my end? 
And I think that's the one part that we often miss is that we, yes, it is about our external stakeholders. It is about our customers 100%, but then it's also about treating our internal stakeholders with the same name. They are having that approach every single time. I love it. And that's that inside out. What everybody inside believes and is understanding and, oh, this is why we're doing what we're doing, or this is the what we're hearing, and that now we're going to make this adjustment, and we're going to communicate it. It becomes easier for the organization to grow when people are you know, moving in lockstep. Nisha, before I let you go, we're going to wrap this up. Let people know where they can connect with you online and learn more about Link. Absolutely. Link is an enterprise platform for the K-12 industry. Um, so we serve administrators with products across nutrition and websites, registration, finance. And so it's across their central office. You can catch us at link.com. That's link with a Q. And to connect with me, I am all over LinkedIn. I'd love to, to chat more about product marketing, more about marketing in general. Jordan, I think, you know, this, you and I share a similar interest in just starting with like a product marketing mindset and a framework. And so I welcome any tidbits or feedback from others. I'm always looking to share and grow. So I'd, I'd love to connect. Amazing. So I will put links to both those in the show notes. Go over, connect with Anisha. Also check out Link. Once again, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. This conversation was awesome. Yeah, same here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um.